This episode of Rick and Rick Rule the World is brought to you by Taskin, the first name in ultra stylish premium quality travel gear, like the exquisitely designed Taskin One expandable backpack. With nine practical variations, the Taskin One is always the right size for wherever life takes you next. Save 30% on your next purchase when you use the promo code RNRTAKE30. That's R&R TAKE30 at TaskinSF.com. Next up on an all new Rick and Rick. Think fast. What's your number one favorite horror movie? Now, with Halloween coming fast, the Ricks reveal each of their top three favorite horror films of all time to help you decide on yours. That's right. And it all starts right here, right now. On the one show where everybody loves a scary Rick flick. And everybody rules the world. All right. Well, welcome to a special Halloween movie edition of Rick and Rick Rule the World. I'm Rick Matheson with Rick Wooten, and we're counting down each of our top three favorite horror horror movies of all time. Now, if you're going to include The Conjuring, The Evil Dead franchise, Friday the 13th, A Nightmare on Elm Street, or Frankenweenie, <laughs> stay tuned to find out and be sure to share your own favorites with us on social media. Now, this is, again, Rick, is a tough one for me because as always, it's really how I'm feeling today. I would add a totally different list yesterday and potentially a totally different list tomorrow. So it was kind of tough to do and I, I kept toggling between my number two and number one. Yeah, you know, when I when you sent this over to me, I was like, oh, this is easy. No problems. I'm like, boom, 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 boom. And it was like, wait, that was five booms. Yeah. Damn it. How do I, how do I narrow it down to yes. three? Yes. You know, it's interesting too, before we get into this, I'm curious of your take on this. For a time when we were growing up back in the Betamax VHS wars, uh, it seemed like <laughs> the, the thrust of horror movies was to see how gory you can get. And I swear, it seems like a lot of the top oh, yeah. horror movies today practically have none. Yeah. Yeah, no, you know, I, I think to your point, I, I think that when we're when we're younger, the gore was a very big part of what made a horror movie a horror movie. I think that, and maybe it yeah. wasn't this movie, but around this time, the switch of the Silence of the Lambs was like paramount where all of a sudden it became that psychological thriller that isn't to say alfred hitchcock and other things weren't psychological thrillers as well but i just think in the timeline of things there was like this inflection point that we made around them and then you know just totally it totally went off and it became to your point a little bit more of a in your head versus, you know, on the screen. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Because if you think about Hitchcock and that sort of milieu, it was before that type of gore was acceptable or even really, yeah. you know, doable in the movies. And then when we were growing up, it was, and it was like, let's see how gross and how gory we can get. And then, yeah, somewhere around Silence of the Lamb or elsewhere, or just maybe just the general sophistication of movies and audiences, it didn't need to be there as prominently to freak people out. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Interesting. Uh, exactly. I'll go first with my number three. So my number three, uh, it's 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 one of my favorite. I talk about this movie all the time. It's John Carpenter's The Thing. I knew Have it. Seen, yeah. Yes, I knew you were going to say it. Yep. You know, I I love I love this movie. I uh, I have seen it no fewer than fifty times. I mean, it's a film that came out back in 1982. It's uh, about a, a group of scientists in a remote location in Antarctica, and you know, trying to frost it. And in the process of doing that, this thing ends up starting to mimic the, oh, by the way, spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> it starts to mimic the scientists and take, you know, first uh, an animal form, then a human form to look like them and act like them. And it systematically goes through and kills them and consumes them in, in, in one way or another. And for me, the like the classic scene is when they figure out that they can test the blood of people to determine whether or not the thing by taking a red hot piece of uh, metal and sticking it into 
into a sample of blood. And if the blood is sentient and it tries to run away from the hot device, they know that whoever that came from has been affected by the thing. And so anyways, it's absolutely hilarious as people are freaking out because one of the people on the couch is and the other ones aren't. And like, anyway, it's really dark. It's really funny. And I just absolutely love this movie. They remade it a few years ago. It was good. It wasn't quite as good, but it was, it's, it, to me, this is like one of the classic horror movies that I grew up with. Two observations here. First is, this movie was also in a show we did on our favorite sci-fi movies. And so here we have an example of a sci-fi horror movie. Yeah. I guess in the vein of Alien, too. That could be a horror movie as well That's as right. a sci-fi movie. Yeah. 100%. That was in my top 10, by the way. I When I, when I put together top 10, Alien was in there. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Any top 10's got to have that in there for sci-fi or horror. Then the second observation is John Carpenter crossed between both those worlds of gore and psychological throws because I seem to remember there was gore, at least blood, but it was very psychological, like that scene. It's just that the fact that these people are tied to the couch made it so hair-raising. So, Rick, what's your number three? I'd love to hear what your number three is. My number three has got to be Transylvania 65000. <laughs> Just kidding. My no- I've never seen it. My number three is, old school here, Rosemary's Baby, 1968. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's directed by Roman Polanski, and it stars Mia Farrow and John Cassavetes as a young couple that move in his old Central Park West apartment building, where they find themselves surrounded by these neighbors who are just a little too friendly uh-huh. and turn out to be way too invested in the baby that Rosemary learns that she's carrying. It's been years since I've seen it, but I remember really liking it because it starts off almost like a different type of movie. It's, you know, young, cool couple, and they move into this building, and they're starting their lives together. And it's only over time that they start to get hints that maybe their neighbors are a little bit creepy, and, you know, what's going on here? And it's kind of in the vein of The Omen, but The Omen came more than five years later. And you got to remember that we've probably all seen couple different movies with that sort of concept, but this was the original. And it was Roman Polanski. It's very well done, very well acted. So I, I recommend it. Awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I've seen it. I've seen it. I saw it when I was a teenager. I don't know if I ever told you. So my best friend growing up, his name was Nate. And Nate and I were obsessed with horror movies. And I think it was mostly because it was like that thing you do when you're a kid where you are basically challenging your friend to see how far they'll go. And so we watched all kinds of horror movies, you know, Phantasm, like all, all the stuff we're going to talk about today. We watched all of it growing up. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I probably it's good because at the end of the day, I got to have a different perspective yeah. on that. I look at it as a, a creative outlet and almost like a, a commentary on who we are at the time based on what we're afraid of. Yeah, totally. When I was growing up, me and my best friend, his name was David, we would stay up every Saturday night to see, you know, whatever the creature features was going to be for that night. Now, as it turns out, you're not far off about that whole challenging each other thing. There was a article in Scientific American this past week about the science behind our love of horror movies. And it was pretty interesting. So apparently humans and many animals, mostly at adolescence, like to freak themselves out. One of the things they talked about was scientists will put a bag with a snake in it and drop it into a group of monkeys. And sure enough, one of those monkeys is going to come over and peek inside, scream and run away. Well, another monkey will see this, sneak up to that bag, 
peek inside, shriek, and run away. And then another, and then another. And that was just one example. And so apparently, it's a form of, I guess, what's called predator inspection. And it helps prepare animals and, and people for the big scary world out there. And it's talking about how we're a storytelling species, and the stories that were once told orally, and then in books, and now in other media, play a role in our development, along with scary play, like, you know, the parent chasing the child in the backyard, you know, I'm going to get you, I'm a monster, or whatever, teaches the kids to learn agility. Well, apparently people who saw the movie Contagion back when it came out, they reported less stress when the real pandemic hit, you know, the distancing, the hoarding, and whatnot, apparently they reported less stress because, to borrow, you know, the expression, they'd quite literally seen this movie before. So, you know, see, horror movies are good for you, Ma, and they help you grow. <laughs> We'll be back after the short break. Hey, Rick and Rick Nation, don't forget to check out our website at rickandrick.com. It's double the Rick in just one click at rickandrick.com. And we are back. Rick and Rick rule the world with Rick Matheson and Rick Wooten, and we're counting down each of the Rick's top three favorite horror films of all time. All right. Well, what's your number two? When I first saw this movie, this was the first movie in a while that messed with me. Because, you know, I, like I said, I grew up watching horror movies. I saw a ton of horror movies. But when, when they switched over to the psychological thrillers, you know, I wasn't quite as prepared for those because they really got in my head. And the one that really got in my head was Seven. Oh, oh my God. This, I mean, this is, a, this is a great one. It's got Morgan Freeman. It's got uh, Brad Pitt, Kevin Spacey, Gwyneth Paltrow. And it's basically this retiring police detective. Uh, Morgan Freeman and he's you know trying to close out one of his last cases and Brad Pitt is you know uh, kind of like his young protege type thing or rookie yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and so you know they're kind of going through that and and you know basically they get on this case together and the serial killer is Kevin Spacey right yeah. and you know he's targeting a bunch of people he's doing all these things and it's all around the seven deadly sins right and each each one of them is more disturbing than the previous one I mean really it messed with my head for a bit like I was like oh my god i think I, I think i had to watch the movie in two parts i don't even think i made it all the way through the first time the climax scene where brad pitt learns about what's happened 100 percent. brad pitt is standing in a field and you see these power lines and you know uh brown grass all around him and there's a, a delivery truck that comes up and drops off a box in front of him and you know he's on the phone with the serial killer and he's like what's in the box what's in the box and he already knows what it is. And, you know, it's it's basically, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow's head. And it was just like the whole thing, the whole thing all the way through is so disturbing. So in my top three, this has to be on there. There's no way this can't be on there. Well, an horrific movie, I'm not sure I would have dropped it into the horror category, only because it's true-to-life human evil versus something that's supernatural. It to totally, totally. Tell us about your thinking there. Well, I, again, for me, a horror movie is one that, you know, is going, it, it's intended to scare you, really, particularly after you're done watching it. Like, it's supposed to be one of those things that, like, stays with you. And, and so, for me, Seven is something that was really disturbing, and it really stayed for sure, yeah. a while, and it absolutely freaked me out for a bit. Yeah, and wasn't that the movie that informed the Riddler in Matt Reeves' The Batman? I don't know if it's true or not, but I've heard that as well. I've heard that there was there was absolutely a connection there. Well, I seem to remember that the trailer for The Batman almost matched exactly to the trailer for, I want to say it was Seven. Yeah, I think so. 
All right. My number two is, and I mentioned earlier, I had toggle back and forth. Ultimately, this one couldn't get my number one slot, but I really like this movie. It's Get Out from 2017. Written, co-produced, and directed by Jordan Peele. This was his directorial debut, and it was spectacular. It stars Allison Williams. I'm going to get his last name wrong. This guy was so great in this. Daniel Kaluuya and others. And it is, at turns, terrifying and hilarious. It's kind of like a, it opens up as a like a almost like a guess who's coming to dinner type movie. Yeah, it it's it's a young guy who's going to go with his upper crust girlfriend to visit her parents, where hypnotherapy is put into the service of total evil. This movie is a thrill ride, and what was great, Rick, it was so manipulative because I was terrified at points, and then it would do something out of nowhere that would crack me up. The timing in it is perfect, and just a great movie, folks. If you haven't seen it, definitely check out Get Out from 2017. Yeah, you know that it's. A- great pick i uh this was a surprise one for me and i i think um i think this is one of the ones where i just kind of i've been wanting to see it i added it into my queue and then one night i was just totally the move for a movie so I, I i flipped it on and it almost lost me in the first 20 30 minutes because to your point it it, it kind of had a different feel in the first half hour or so yeah yeah and then it flipped and it got you know dark and it got, you know, psychological and it, it's, it definitely sucked me in. And to your point, they picked the right actor for it. I mean, he does an amazing job. You, you believe every piece of it. Yes. And, uh, and so I had, I had a lot of fun with this. So that was a good, that was a good choice. We'll be right back. This episode of Rick and Rick Rule the World is brought to you by Taskin, the first name in ultra-stylish, premium-quality travel gear, like the exquisitely designed Taskin 1 expandable backpack. With nine practical variations, the Taskin 1 is always the right size for wherever life takes you next. Save 30% on your next purchase when you use the promo code RNRTAKE30. That's RNRTAKE30 at TaskinSF.com. Welcome back. We're counting down each of the Rick's top three favorite horror films of all time. Okay, so what is your number one horror movie? You know, if you know me very well, this won't be a surprise to you. And in fact, you probably already know what it is. So just, just in your mind, come up with what you think it is, and we'll test you here in a second. As a kid growing up, like I said, I was really into the horror genre. So Stephen King was a huge influence. I read pretty much all of his books up until I graduated in the 80s. And so for me, the number one horror movie is The Shining, which Jack Nicholson. Ah. That movie was just over the top for me. It, it absolutely influenced me. It is really what got me into the entire genre uh, when I was a teenager. By the way, they had an amazing cast. They had Jack Nicholson. As you remember, he was a writer and he played a caretaker in the in the movie. He got isolated in this hotel and his wife was uh, Shelley Duvall, who was amazing. Their son was there too, Danny Lloyd. And basically the movie is about him kind of mentally digressing over the winter, being isolated and all that and then the haunting of the hotel that he's in and he basically goes crazy and he starts doing more and more disturbing things hallucinating and the whole thing and it's just an absolute fascinating one you know and and i would argue it's on par with you know one flew over the cuckoo's nest or anything else like that that is just a you know a masterpiece i think the shining definitely holds its weight with all those yes so the shining is directed by stanley kubrick and it came out three years after stephen king 
King's novel did. I somehow saw it. I was a kid when it was in theaters, but I'm a lot younger than my brothers. Somehow I talked my oldest brother into taking me. I'm not sure it was appropriate (laughs) for my age. (laughs) It was not appropriate. But I liked it. It was scary. If you've seen it, you always think of Jack Nicholson in Home. So it was a very good movie. You know, I knew that the thing was going to be in your top three, and I think I probably thought the thing was going to be number one. But the other movie that I would have guessed would have been Alien. I know that was on your top 10. So I'm not surprised, but I did not foresee that it would be your number one. That's awesome. You know, I, and, and I got to I gotta throw in, you know, the, the one that, that just barely didn't make the cut. Uh, and again, if you know me, you know I love this movie. It's, it's a uh, comedy horror. Uh, and it's Army of Darkness. I absolutely <laughs> love Army of Darkness. It's forever been one of my favorite movies. I've seen it a million times. I talk about it way too often. Yeah, I thought for sure Sam Raimi, you know, Evil Dead would have factored in your top three somewhere. So honestly, it was hard. It was hard. It was definitely in the top five. I was, you know, I'm a, as you know, I'm a a huge uh, Bruce Campbell fan. And, you know, this movie just is like, amazing and i i love it by the by the way is army of darkness a third one yeah okay yeah so here's here's the fun so they came out with the first evil dead movie super low budget i mean it was low budget oh yeah it was terrible and and somebody said that it was like a you know basically their college film or whatever i don't know if it was or wasn't but it was it was it was that low budget and so Army of Darkness 2 was basically a bigger budget remake of the first one. Right. And Army of Darkness was the, was in my opinion, really the follow on to that. And so it's, it too, in a way, it's almost like the second movie more than it is anything else. Right. The other thing, too, is a lot of filmmakers get their starts in horror movies because the threshold is actually low. These are not expensive movies. They're sure money makers for the studios. And so they can get a green light and then sort of get their chops making horror movies. And then they go on to other things, Sam Raimi being, you know, just one example. All right. I'm really interested. So, like, what is your number one? My honorable mention would have to be Sam Raimi's Drag Me to Hell. Have you ever seen that? Oh, no, I haven't. But I've heard good things about it. Oh, I want to say it's 2007, somewhere in there. And it is Sam Raimi. And it's one of these things where gypsies put a curse on this girl. And uh, within three days, she'll be dragged to hell and her trying to escape her fate. And the ending moments of this movie, it was like, that was worth the price of admission. That freaked me out. I've heard that. Yeah. But my number one movie, another movie I've never seen in the theater and only seen on TV is The Exorcist, 1973, directed by William Friedkin from the novel by Peter Blatty. It stars Ellen Burstyn and Max von Sydow and Linda Blair. This is outstanding. And what I love about this, I forget Ellen Burstyn's character's name, but she's an actress and she is renting a house somewhere around Washington, D.C. for a movie shoot when her pre-teenage daughter, Megan, who's played by Linda Blair, starts kind of showing this disturbing behavior. And what I like about this movie is similar to what I like about Rosemary's Baby, is we see her go through like a cat scan and other things where doctors are trying to figure out the cause of this neurological issue that she appears to be having. And it's only out of desperation that Ellen Burstyn's character goes to seek out a priest to conduct an exorcism. Now, this movie was the highest grossing R-rated horror movie of all time until it. And it was the first horror movie to ever be nominated for the Academy Award for Best Picture. And it won Best Adapted Screenplay and others. So just a really interesting movie and highly recommend 
that's awesome. I was just looking on Google and I searched for the top 10 horror movies of all time. Number one is The Exorcist. Really? You're absolutely right. Interesting. Yep. Number two is Psycho. Oh, another good one. Number three is The Shining. So props to me for that one. Uh, I mentioned Silence of the Lambs. That's number four. Alien, considered a horror movie. Number five, Rosemary's Baby, number six. So you're still on The Conjuring. The next one threw me off. I guess it is a horror movie, but Jaws is number eight. I can picture it. I mean, it freaked the hell out of a lot of people. So I'm going to give it props. Number nine, this one made sense to me. It should have been higher, is Halloween. Totally. Again, a a great horror movie. I wish I had, uh, I wish I thought of that one. That one should have been in my top three. John Carpenter. And then number 10 is Hereditary. There was a TV movie called The Night Stalker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a vampire movie. So talk about going to The Shining when I'm a grade schooler. For whatever reason, I'm like kindergarten watching this with my family because, again, my brothers are much older than I am. And I had to get up and go to the restroom. This is a terrifying movie. And as I am walking out in the pitch dark house, my brother is laying on the floor around the corner and grabs my ankle and does that sound that a vampire makes. Man, that freaked the... That just freaked me out. Anyway, we still laugh about that. I bet. Train to Busan. Have you seen this movie? No. Okay. You got to see it. This is a fantastic zombie film. It is a guy who's going through a divorce and needs to pick up his daughter as the sort of zombie apocalypse is unfolding. It's a South Korean movie, so it is all subtitles. And it's one of the best zombie movies I have ever seen. If not, I don't know, could be the best. There is a sequel called Train to Busan Presents Peninsula that's a little bit more of an action movie, in my opinion. But Train to Busan, definitely worth watching. All right. I just added it to my Amazon Prime. All right, everyone. Well, let us know your list. We'd love to know. So let us know on social media. I guess our handle is Rick and Rick at whatever it's called now. <laughs> X. And you can find us on LinkedIn and Facebook and pretty much everywhere. So let us know. And keep on coming back to the one show where everybody's name is Rick. And everybody rules the world. <laughs> <laughs>